What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott. Uh, my name is Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer. Today it is uh, Noel, the right-hand pass brown. Oh, really? Or it's uh, it's it's uh, Noel Zipper Merge Brown. Oh, Zip. Okay, that's a good one. That's an okay one. Yeah, so that's all right. Uh, and we are exploring something that I know is going to... What the, what's, you used the term last week, Scott. Oh, grind your gears, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about some of the irritating things out there because let's just set the stage here. Can I set the scene? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. So human beings are gregarious animals. We have our disagreements, which are many and varied, but we are the most successful animals. You could argue because of our, uh, incredible ability to work together. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We invent things. Yeah. We We adapt. We can adapt, right? Uh, we've spread across so many, all the continents. You know what I mean? There are even a couple of us down in Antarctica right now. Apex predator. Apex predator, my friend, with a capital A. We have a system to this because we have what you would consider, you could call it rules of engagement, right? Yeah. And those can change from culture to culture, from place to place. But there, there are some pretty common ones. Like if you're, depending on what part of the world you're in, most people have an appropriate understanding of do you form a line? Do you just run as a mob at the cashier? You know, how close or far should people stand? Yeah, I feel like some of those things that you mentioned already have some variation in, in culture, oh, like cultural. Oh, definitely. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm mentioning it. Yeah. But the, the point is that there are these unspoken, unwritten, but almost universally agreed upon rules depending on the region the world or the situation or the context in which you live mm-hmm. in your day to day. And here in the US, one of the strangest melting pots of 
actual law and then sort of rule of thumb meets in one place, and that is on the road. On the road. Most people have a general understanding of what is to happen on the road, and that comes from uh, some instruction early on. Driver's ed. Honestly, not a lot of instruction. I mean, it's, no. not, it's not very intense. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I know some people went through a pretty intense program when they were learning to drive. Uh, I, I did. I went through a summer program, you know, that, that was hours every day, and, you know, there was book learning. There was a uh, road course. There was, um, you know, a, a course set up in the parking lot with cones. You would drive on the streets. It was just, there was a lot of, I said a road course. I don't mean like a race road course. I mean, you know, you would go out on the road and you would uh, you drive a certain pattern that they would have set up for you early on. And then later on, you'd kind of, you know, freewheel it. You would go wherever you wanted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a, it was a pretty intense, uh, I guess, package of um, um, coursework that you had to do in order to get your license at the end of the summer. And, uh, not everybody did that. Some people would pay a little bit of money and have a private driving instructor, and you know that was probably also um, you know a little bit more intense than uh, what I'm hearing now from my daughter Ben. This is crazy. She's mm. getting near the driving age, uh-huh. and her friends are starting to turn 15. She's not yet, but she's, yeah. they're starting to turn 15. And apparently here in Georgia, I'll have to I'll have to look this up because I'm just kind of winging this right now from what my kid told me. So you know that's take take all this sure with a grain of salt. Okay. So she says that when you turn 15, you're allowed to apply for your permit without taking any kind of course as long as you can pass their test. Wow. So, like, you don't have to go through a driver's ed course ahead of time or take any type of coursework. You can just go right in, into the DMV, take the test, and if you're able to pass their test, you're you're able to drive. I mean, that's your permit. That's how you get it. You don't have to do the, um, you know, calling an agency and have them pick the kid up for, you know, the next five or six weeks or whatever every day after school and, you know, have them drive around town or whatever. It's uh, it's a little bit more um, a little bit more loose than that down here, apparently. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't agree with that. And I don't know if that's 100 percent accurate or not, but that's what she's telling me. So we're going to find out very soon, I think, you know, if, if that's the case, if that's true. Uh, I guess. I mean, if if parents are teaching kids still, that's something. But yeah, that's good. Anyways, getting back to our point, sure, is that you know most people have this general understanding of of how the rules of the road work. I mean, and you learn that right from the very beginning. Of course, with the uh, the test that you have to take, and of course, you know, driving on the road, you learn this stuff kind of quickly. Right. Somebody beside you is normally telling you initially what to do, but then you get it, and you, you observe know, your parents. Yeah, and you stuff, know, yeah. in a lot of cases, like uh, you can't turn right on red in most cases. You know, you always watch for the sign. You can't turn. Uh, you have to yield to green, you know, the, the green light on a left turn, you know, to oncoming mm-hmm. traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that. You always let pedestrians go in front of you. Uh, here's what a white line means. Here's what a yellow line means. A lot of a lot of people get that right from the very beginning. The problem is, as you get a little bit older and you're driving more and more, you become a little bit more lax with this stuff. And there are some, you know, some things that. Uh, maybe people didn't learn right from the very beginning that they they never knew about. But I think a lot of people in in a lot of cases that we're going to talk about today are just simply being, a, quite frankly, a bit lazy about some things. Right. That's a huge setup. Common traffic misconceptions, the things people get wrong. How many times, Scott, have you and I run into a listener who says some? Uh, I'll be frank here. Who says, "Why the hell don't people realize the left lane is the passing lane?" Yeah. yeah. You know. Or that you shouldn't pass on the right. Well, see, because people will call the left lane the fast lane also, and they think that's the fast lane. It's not the fast lane. It's the passing lane, technically. On a multi-lane highway, it's the passing lane. So you're right. suppo- you're technically only supposed to get in that lane to pass, but a lot of people feel that if they're going faster than everybody else, then there's no harm done, right? Right. But that's not the case. That's not what it's for. 
is supposed to be left open, and that's strictly for passing. And that, and you'll find that out when somebody's going a little bit faster than you gets in, you know, up behind you, and you have to pull over to the right. Right. But well, also, you're you're kind of like a jam car there for everybody else that is trying to pass. So maybe you know someone up ahead of you, and you're approaching them. You're sure you're going faster than than them right now. You're approaching. You know, you're you're um, you know. Pro, what am I trying to say? You're, you're gaining on them, I guess, in traffic. Yeah. But they're looking to pass as well. They're going to you know, accelerate around a truck, a, a semi or something. And then it becomes a race. Yeah, that or they have to back way down and then mm-hmm. that kind of slows things down in that lane. It just it, it spiral, it, it, uh, it builds up, I guess. And there's another thing. Uh, this is maybe not so much a misconception as a double standard. Almost everyone that I see driving um, in a stupid manner – and by stupid, I mean, uh, you know, tailgating at high speeds. Okay. You know, kind ev- of a jerk. Everybody, yeah, everybody's idea of tailgating who does that seems to be um, so strange because when they're going, uh, when they're riding someone's uh, bumper, their thought process is this person should get out of my way. I'm a hot shot and I'm going places, which is almost never true. And I mean that in the larger sense about like their lives. <laughs> okay. The people in the biggest hurry are often going the least important places. And, uh, the ones that are going important places have sirens. So you know that you should move. Uh, but, but God forbid somebody get, um, even the proper distance behind them because they'll be like, I can't believe this guy's tailgating me. He's riding my bumper. He's riding my bumper. I yeah. got places to go, stuff to do. <laughs> you know what's funny? When you talk about uh, you know tailgating or following too close, of course, there's again, that's another thing that you learn early on is, uh, is proper following distance, and that varies by weather and by um, the time speed. of day and speed. Yeah, and all that stuff. I, I, I get there's like a two-second rule usually, or some people say it's a two-vehicle two, uh, length rule, but I think mm. that's a little bit too tight in most cases. Um, it, it's funny that... You, you don't realize maybe when you're doing that that if there were to be a collision, if, say, if they were to hit the brakes, the one following too close would be the one that gets the ticket for that. Right. The, the person hitting the person in front is the one that's at fault in that situation. And also remember if someone's riding your tail and trying to – essentially trying to pressure you to go an excessive speed or speed faster than you should be going, they're not the ones who get the ticket. When the if the cops are out there, if law enforcement is out there and they've got the gun on, they're getting you because you're in front. Yeah, or it forces you to make a bad decision. You might merge into traffic where you normally wouldn't in an, in an area that's too tight, or maybe you're already going too fast and you know you'd, you'd have to pull into the, the lane to your right and have to brake hard. Yeah, that's a dangerous situation for everybody. So um, again, again, this sounds this sounds like our pet peeves podcast, doesn't it? It's, I mean, it's getting it, close. It yeah. kind of is, but the thing is, these are common things that a lot of people find on the road or see on the road every single day. Sure. Here's here's one more. Yeah. Um, Let's well, do another quick one first, but turn signals. Um, everybody's car is equipped with, and I, I've got this, I heard this somewhere. I can't remember where I read this, Ben. Everybody's car, even old cars, are equipped with lights that indicate what your vehicle's doing or is going to do, your intent, right? Right. And some are automatic. Like when you, you know, when you brake, the brake lights come on. You don't you don't have to flip a switch to make the brake, light, uh-huh. brake lights come on. Good thing, too. And when you go in reverse, you know, you don't have to flip a switch for a reverse light in most cases, right? I, I don't think that is ever the case in a modern car. And um, you've got turn signals, of course. The problem is, you know, that which tell people you're going left or right, of course. 
a lot of people just don't take the effort to use their turn signals, and that is something that a lot of people say, well, it's not necessary if there's nobody around. I don't need to do that. But that leads to you having kind of a a bad habit of not doing that, even when you are in traffic. And I see this all the time in in Atlanta traffic, and I'm sure wherever this is being heard around the world, um, you know, you can say like, oh, that you know, idiot didn't use his blinker when he you know, cut into my lane or, you know, it, it would just make things so much smoother if they would do that. If they would indicate that they want to get in, yeah, maybe there'd be a little bit more leeway given to that person. You know, instead of, and you're not trying to be a jerk by being too close to the, you know, where they're trying to merge. You just don't know that they're trying to get into your lane. And well, then they are. Also, my old joke with it is, uh, you know, you don't want people to know your secret plan. And the, and there's there's another thing for people for people who honestly say like in traffic if I put my turn signal on really all that happens is the car in the next lane over speeds up, and that is true that's true in Atlanta traffic at least but here's here's the other part just because you have don't have a turn signal on if you're driving without them for some ludicrous reason it doesn't mean that people don't know necessarily where you're going. It means you're a bad driver, but it doesn't mean that people can't see it because I see, you know what I see so often? What's people, that? people's cars start to sort of shift or trend toward the lane they're planning to go into. Oh yeah. And I can like, it's, it's almost like watching someone lean left or right. Yeah, you're right. As they're approaching an off ramp or something, you can see that they start to get to the right side of the lane. Yeah. And you know that person's going to take that exit, but they haven't, signaled that yet so you, so, you like, can kind of predict what they're doing you everybody the, knows your secret plan dude <laughs> that's funny you call it the secret plan well, like uh, without the uh, signal it's like you're, you, you're just operating uh, you know like undercover and I can see like of course signals can be irritating because something that will happen sometimes uh, in Atlanta traffic is another misconception which is that if I have deigned to come down from my high and mighty king of the road throne and use a turn signal like you commoners then I'm not, uh, I'm not indicating that I want to get in this lane or I intend to. You must let me pass. A turn signal is not a passport. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a, um, it's not an order to another vehicle. Yeah. And there have been people who have been involved in car accidents as completely their fault that thought they weren't going to be culpable because they put on a turn signal first. They used the signal. They're like, I used the signal, so that car just shouldn't have been there. (laughs) And it's like, without explaining the physics of how matter cannot simultaneously occupy the same space, like what what is the judge supposed to do? Just like try not to embarrass them in maybe, court? Maybe he asks, how much turn signal did you use? Yeah, how much? Oh, that's the thing, too. <laughs> that's the thing. I always makes me think of, um, and I still don't know why people don't use turn signals, but it, it always makes me think of that situation that happened to me when I was, when I was a, a wee, wee kid, a wee tot. Uh, we got a Nintendo, very big deal at my house. And there was the game Mario Brothers. And in Mario Brothers, you can get this. I'm sure everyone knows this, but you can get this flower that gives you the ability to shoot fireballs. And so for like the first six months, I would barely ever use that because I was afraid I was going to run out. And that's what I always think about with people who have turn signals. I'm like, what, do you just, did you keep count? Are you yeah. down to 11, buddy? Yeah, there's not a tank that there's you not fill t- up with, yeah. with turn signals. But, uh, but also... To be completely fair, sometimes when it looks like someone's not using a turn signal, the light's out and they just don't know. Oh, that happens too. Or, that happens. Or you know what? You know what else kind of 
bugs me a little bit is uh, when someone has a, a brake light out and they're tapping the brakes and you think that the turn signal's on, but it's not the turn signal. It's their brake light that's coming on. You ever yeah. seen that happen in yeah, traffic? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that happens sometimes. And there's these little odd quirks that happen with lights sometimes, but, and you can't really get angry. I mean, you, they should have both lights working, but yeah, it's kind of a gray area, I guess. You know, Maybe they're on their way to get the bulb replaced right now. But you know what? How about this? Before we get to another big one that I see every single day, let's take a, a break for a word from our sponsor. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. What's the one you see every day? All right, the one I see every day is this, and I I bet a lot of people feel my pain on this one. People merging into or out of traffic when they're not supposed to be over solid white lines. 
Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. And the, the line thing with me is kind of big. I mean, it, it, you learn that stuff early on. Right. If it's a solid white line, you don't cross that white line. You wait until it becomes a dotted line. And that's what it, it, most people don't quite get it on, uh, on, on, at least on the pathway that I take home. When there's a, a ramp that enters a highway, a, a high-speed you know, freeway or highway, yeah. um, oftentimes there'll be a solid white line that stays in that merging lane, or I guess not the merging lane. Yeah, I meant the merging lane, I guess, uh, for a long, long time. And then, and then it be, either goes away or becomes a dotted line. And that's where you're supposed to merge in with the, the, the faster-moving traffic. A lot of people immediately off the ramp, they just cut right over the two solid white lines when it's still in you know kind of a triangle shape. Everybody can picture that, right? Right. As it merges, or that solid line that extends you know maybe a significant distance down the road, but it gives you time to get up to speed and, and match the traffic and all that. A lot of people just completely ignore that and make kind of a, a left turn into faster moving traffic, and you know prematurely, a little too early, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's not good. So it happens all the time. And I and another thing is that um, and. I, You've probably seen that kind of thing too, right? I mean, the solid white line versus people getting into turn lanes a little too early and go through areas where they're not supposed to. Like, so let's say there's a uh, a driveway on the right, right, and there's a solid white line and it's broken then in one point, and that's to enter. Like, let's say it's a drugstore or something. You're gonna you're gonna enter the turn lane to turn into their parking lot, mm-hmm. but that lane continues on and the line becomes solid again, and there's another driveway down the road. A lot of people will get into that lane way too early and then buzz past that first uh, driveway into the second driveway. And that's pretty dangerous because people have the expectation that if you're in that lane that early, you're going to be turning in the first one, not the second one. Right. And that leads to a lot of accidents because people pull out in front you know, to, to get into traffic again. Uh, they, they assume that you're going to turn earlier than you are going to turn. You're looking at the one 100 yards down the road instead of the one that's 50 yards down the road. Now, here's another one, uh, merging in general. Uh, so we use the phrase zipper merge earlier. Oh yeah. So when someone is going on is coming from a surface street to an interstate, right? They're on the off ramp or the on ramp, yeah. uh, and they're getting into traffic and it's heavy and there's a line. Do these people should they zipper merge or is there any res- because a lot of people when they're driving on the interstate, especially if it's traffic, rush hour traffic or something, and they're in the far right lane and they have other people trying to merge, many people often say, like, what, what about, I don't have to let this person in, this, yeah. this jabroni, this Johnny come lately. <laughs> yeah, well, one one thing that I heard a long time ago is this, that, and we'll talk about you know the, the right way to do it in just a moment, but you don't own that little bit of property right in front of your car, you know, the 10 feet of, of road yeah. that's always in front of your car. That's not yours. So you, you know, when you when you're trying to defend it, I guess you know, like that's you're not going to let somebody in that space, you know, between you and that next vehicle. I get the frustration. I understand that you know you've had a rough day, or I've you know, that's, totally done the, it. The person behind you didn't let you in, or you know, whatever the case was. Um, I, I get the frustration, but it, it works so much. But traffic flows so much better if you do adhere to the zipper merge rule that uh, the Ben's talking about. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's a smart way to do it. I wasn't always on board with this one uh, when the situation was the signs ahead of time. Like, you know, when they say two miles ahead, two oh, right, yeah. like yeah. two right lanes closed, two miles ahead. And then you get to the next one, it's a one mile ahead, then half a mile. The way I used to handle this was I would I would politely, I thought, Get over into the lanes that as were going to continue possible. through. Yeah, yeah. I would stay. I would stay. Or I would make my way to the lane that was going to remain open, and 
it led to a lot of people going by, and of course my wife would get very upset with me. And I thought, no, I'm doing it the right way. I'm just being a polite driver and you know getting over the way everybody <laughs> should right now, and right. then it'll work fine. It'll it'll flow smoothly. That's not the way it really works best. The way it works best is if you go right. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to go right to the end. Other people have to be in the lane that does go that does go through. But yeah. some people have to go all the way to the end and then do this zipper mer- zipper merge maneuver that you're talking about. And then a lot of people will be uh, resentful of that. Will say, "I'm not going to let this guy in." But it turns out that is the most efficient way to do it. That's the proper way, and the reason is because it fills up the most space with the most. The, the vehicles on the road are not trying to cram into the one or two lanes that's op- that are open. Right. They're using all three lanes in that case, or four lanes, or whatever the the situation may be. That many more vehicles are able to get farther down the road. And if you watch it all play out, you understand how it, it it's faster. But that also relies on people to be, people being kind to each other and allowing them in in the zipper maneuver. And a lot of people are still kind of the way I was about it before, where I thought, look at this jerk who's cutting around everybody. They they knew two miles ago this lane is going away. Mm-hmm. And yet they rode it all the way to the very end, and they're going to merge right before that cone, you know, that blocks their lane. I should go ahead and point out, yeah, that's one that surprised me, because back in the days, to think the same way. But I should point out, while we're on merging and merging in and out of things, when traffic is at a standstill, this happens so often. Somebody who probably fancies themselves a maverick will say, oh, I'm just uh, just a little ways away from the exit. I need to get off or an exit. So I'm going to go in the breakdown lane mm. and drive through. And then what happens is that encourages a bunch of other would-be mavericks to say, like, oh, I, well, he did it, so uh, they can't catch all of us. Yeah. So drive down the shoulder. And drive down the shoulder. And the problem with that, the reason why that is such a – garbage idea is because when traffic is at that much of a stop, there's a very real possibility that there are injuries ahead, uh, that there there might be people dying, you know? There might be. Yeah. Like a half mile up. Yeah. And I've, I've seen the scenario that you're talking about play out. And way. the only way that the only way that the emergency vehicles can access it is if somebody is if everybody agrees not to be self important enough and else you know dumb enough to use to try to use that shoulder lane as their own personal um Pers- what Lexus Lane is that what they call Lexus it? Lexus Lane, yeah, the yeah, Lexus exactly. Lane, is, and, and that's not a, a slant at anybody that drives a Lexus. It means it's like your, your own personal lane. It's like a, it's like a comfort thing to them. So but, I've seen it when like an ambulance is trying to get through because that shoulder thing happened and everybody thought it was okay for them to do it, right? And then now this ambulance has nowhere to go and the shoulder lane is blocked up. Yeah, and see, now you're relying on this traffic that's not moving to allow you in somehow to allow the ambulance by, and it's it just becomes a really bad situation. I've seen the exact same thing play out as well where, you know, fire trucks are trying to get through. Police officers that are driving in that lane at about 80 miles an hour trying to get to an accident that just happened. Um, seen it happen, you know, as recent as last month here um, in the morning. There was a huge accident, you know, right on the on the road that I take in. It was like a six-car accident, left debris all over. There's still debris on the road, you know, in piles on the side that they haven't cleaned up yet. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really bad idea. And, you know, another thing about that, too, is if you're using the shoulder to drive, 
um, a lot of times that's where all the like the, the crap from the road ends up over there. You know, like yeah. the, the 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 sharp stuff, the the stuff that's going to hurt your tires, the stuff that's going to, um, uh, you know, maybe there's a, an old lawn chair that's pushed over there that you know fell off of someone's trailer or something. That's not a great lane to travel in, really. And you never know what's ahead, and you don't also know if somebody's going to be a jerk and and try to cut you off in that lane to stop you from doing that. Because I've seen that happen too, where someone decides they're not going to allow that guy to go by, and they they kind of split the lane so they get you know in the middle. Of one lane, and they try to block that person from going ahead. And that's uh, it's, it's, it's it, you can see so many of these frustrating scenarios playing out on the road. It's it's really it's really tough to uh, not tough to watch sometimes, and and you know, and not feel like you're you should be policing them as well. Like you know, you you can't really give them your wisdom, I guess, on the road. Right, you know? right. If, if or maybe you know you don't know you don't really know there's anything wrong with that. Maybe to some people that's fine. But and I want to be completely honest. You know, I know I might be sounding kind of high and mighty and cantankerous. But I've done a lot of this stuff. I've done a lot of this, especially the um, the merging stuff. Oh, I was yeah. a real, I was a real pill about that one. <laughs> and you know, we can't discount the fact that somebody may uh, like truly have an emergency going on in that vehicle right there too. They might be sure. there. May be someone ready to give birth in that car. I you don't knew know. you were going to say or that. There could be somebody that you know is seriously cut or shot or whatever right. and they're trying to get to a trauma hospital or something you, you never know what's going on in that person's life or car or whatever uh, so so that's my that's yeah, mighty big of you you got to hold back judgment until you know the facts until you until you see that you know that guy was just going ahead so he could get to the wendy's drive-through now let's go to another i would consider this a slightly different subset of misconceptions about traffic yeah, but you know what? Before you do that, I think we should take another break for a word from our sponsor. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good. 
and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now about those misconceptions. Oh, yeah, we're back. Can you feel the suspense? I can. It's tense. Let's say you're feeling punchy. You know, you got your favorite uh, awesome driving music on, traffic's going crazy, and then you get in take-no-prisoners mode, and you're the king of the road until you hear that whoop-whoop, and you look back, and the red and blue lights are compelling you to pull over, and gosh darn it, some for something or other, maybe speeding, uh, maybe some moving uh, violation or something has has brought you to the attention of Johnny Law. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of misconceptions about what uh, what happens at that point, right? What happens at that point, well, during it, and afterwards. Okay, so so what are some of the, the big ones here? What are, what are the uh, the highlights, I guess? Because I'll tell you an odd one that I've heard, and there's no truth to this, by the way. And we've got some, we've got some law enforcement officers in the audience, so I think you guys and ladies may get a kick out of this. There, there's a lot of talk about uniforms right it is the proper uniform for an officer when they when they pull you over as if they have to be like at full dress or something right, right? yeah so dress blues i have heard that this, these are crazy rumors or whatever but you know if they if they are um in plain clothes they're not allowed to give you a ticket that's not true not true if they uh don't have their hat on they cannot give you a ticket not true yeah it's crazy. like just and it, weird variations of this like, like if they a, have tennis shoes on instead of the standard issue shoes that they're you know whatever also it is, not true crazy things like that i mean you hear these really weird like situations that that relate to the way they're dressed uh, and and the legality of them giving you a citation, and then what you can do with that information when you get to court. So here's some more. You nailed it, Scott. Here, here are a few more. I heard a lot of these uh, in earlier days in high school and college, you okay. know, a lot of uh, self-appointed experts. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's this idea people have that you can get out of a traffic ticket if the cop spells your name wrong. Oh, okay, so like a clerical error. But that's, right. but a clerical error that's made on the side of the road where there's cars going by at 75 miles an hour or whatever the speed is. I mean, I can understand if they miss a letter here or there or if they misread your, your license, you know, in, in right. dim light or, you know, whatever that is. I mean, that, that's a huge misconception is that if there is an error on your ticket that is really inconsequential. And you tell people, you know what they're going to do? They're not going to be like, curses. How dare they spell Scott Benjamin with three N's? Uh, <laughs> the, laws have failed what they're going to do is say all right well we'll just write down benjamin the way it's spelled and uh pay the fine yeah and they'll amend the ticket also you still get those points yeah, yeah. So, so the thing and also i guess what would your argument be would you say that you know uh well 
this isn't my name. This isn't me. And they'd say, well, how do you have the ticket in your hand then? And the officer that you know pulled you over is right here in court with us. That's another one. The idea that you automatically beat the ticket if the officer doesn't show up in court. Uh, all right. So, oh, that's a that's a huge one because you. I've heard that forever. It's possible that an officer's continued absence after several uh, after several court dates may result in the ticket being dismissed, but it's very, very rare for that to happen because usually they'll work with the officer's schedule. The officer will work with the court to make sure that they are there um, so that it's not a waste of time. So if you go and get a, if you have a you know speeding ticket or whatever and you go to court for that and the officer's not there, it doesn't mean like confetti drops from the ceiling and the judge brings out some go-go dancers and they, you know, like, clap for you. Have like an Austin Powers sexy party. Right. No. Uh, what happens is they say, okay, we'll move that date to a time when the officer can show up. <laughs> oh, so it's total, like, it's a total misconception. It just doesn't work that way. But I, that's, that's one that I have heard practically from the day I started driving. Right. Uh, and there's, there's more too. There's, there's more to it than just this. All right, I got one more here that's uh, – maybe maybe more than that. I don't know, as, well, as we're talking. But um, there's also a common misconception that uh, you have to be shown the radar gun that has the, your speed posted on it and somehow prove that you actually were clocked at the speed that you were clocked at. I know that it is possible, or I believe it is possible, to request uh, the testing records for those things. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if they have to – if anybody has to show a driver – that and again, of course, you know, Scott, you and I are not law enforcement officials, right? Mm-hmm. You have to tell me if you're a cop, right? No, I, yeah. No, I'm kidding. That's another misconception. What kind of situation are we in here? <laughs> Why do you keep leaning down and talking into your chest? <laughs> Say that one more time, right? Uh, so, uh, jokes aside, though, um, we are not law enforcement officers, nor are we doing anything that would constitute legal advice. Oh, These no. are just misconceptions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know that's a that's just something I've heard along you know long again a long time ago. They have to show you that uh, that radar gun reading, and yeah. you mentioned you know the, the validation and all that, but. Um, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's one that uh, it would ever hold up. They'd say, like, well, if, you know, I trust my officer, and yeah. they're just out there to do their job. Oh, and one last thing that I want to uh, clarify about the radar gun thing, too, uh, is that it's not always a radar gun that gets you. Sometimes they just pace your vehicle and, you know, drive behind you at the same speed you're driving and realize that you're going 80 miles an hour. Right. And, there's, you know, there's no, there's nothing really to look at, than, you know, in that case. It's just you're going 80, they pulled you over. Well, let's take this hypothetical uh Dudley do wrong situation and and follow another misconception. <laughs> Dudley do right. Oh, so there's a Dudley do right and a Dudley do wrong. Are, are there? Okay, well, I don't know. I just I know there's a Dudley do right, but I can't remember the other guy's uh, first name. <laughs> uh, Snidely Whiplash. Snidely Whiplash. That was the guy. That was the bad guy, right? Wasn't it Snidely Whiplash? That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So let's follow this example. Let's say somebody does get pulled over. Uh, they get their ticket. They say you have to show me the radar and. Uh, also, I'm going to take a picture on my cell phone because their uniform is not perfect or whatever. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. They're, they're being just a, a, a very difficult person to deal with. Sure. And uh, they say, uh, you know, when the officer says, OK, here you go, uh, citation for, you know, doing like 16 over or something like that. Something not crazy bad, but speeding. Yeah. And uh, so they get the ticket, roll up the window and they're about to drive away and they think, well, too bad for this sucker. I actually live in Connecticut. 
You'll never catch me, coppers. They're making a huge mistake because they are falling for the myth that traffic tickets do not transfer out of state. Yeah, or that you just somehow mystically disappear from their system, right? Because right. what happens then is then you you fail to pay the ticket or, you know, um, it, a lot of times people have the misconception that the points won't follow them to their state or whatever. But let's say that you just don't pay the ticket because you, you feel like, well, I live across the state line. I don't need to b- bother with that. You fail to pay that, and then that results in you having a court date set. Right. And you have to go into court and, you know, show your face and, you know, pay this and explain why you weren't, you know, why you didn't pay the first time. Once the court date is set, and I, if I miss a step here, don't, you know, yeah. get too crazy. But um, once that court date is missed, and then maybe they give you a second chance, maybe. If they don't, they set out a uh, bench warrant for your arrest, right? So if you're pulled over for anything, even it doesn't matter if it's in that state or in your state. Uh, let's say you get another speeding ticket for 10 miles an hour over. This time... You're going to be taking a ride down to the station, and that happens all the time. People have outstanding right. warrants in other states they get, that they get busted for. It's kind of a funny thought that you know th- these agencies aren't talking to each other. I mean, that's, that's one of the greatest advances of the last, what, decade or so right. is that they're all interconnected, maybe right. even longer than a decade, I think, at this point. And then there's the uh, – this is a defense or a misconception that I think most people know will never work now. But people used to say – I was only keeping up with the flow of traffic, mm-hmm. and that is never, ever, 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 ever going to work. How about the uh, I'm only going five over rule so they won't pull me over? Uh, maybe that's, that's, a not, weird, a, that's not a, a rule, but they, a lot of people think that if they only go five five over, uh, they will never get pulled over, but that's not true. You get pulled over. I've even heard people saying, like, well, as long as it's the local police department, they can't pull you over unless you're going 11 or higher over. But the state troopers can get you for one mile over. <laughs> like that's that's weird there's, to have them ruled out that way. Yeah, there's no there's no different levels like that. I guess it, does, it doesn't work out that way. Um, okay, you know what? Let's get back to some of the traffic yeah, ones. Is that yeah. right? I've got a couple more, and then maybe that's about it. But, Absolutely. Um, one that is bothering me recently. Not every state has these, I realize, but you know that when you're on a road that has, let's say, two lanes going one way and two going the other, and there's a um, a center lane, and it's got yellow solid lines on both sides. And that is a turn lane, right? You're allowed to pull into that yeah. lane, kind of wait for the traffic to clear on the left side, or yeah, I guess the left side, and uh, and you can turn in. Then a lot of people use that as a lane to get to the next light, or as a travel lane for you know they'll pull out into it from one parking lot and use it to drive to maybe the next parking lot down the road, you know, the next strip mall or whatever it is, uh-huh. without merging into actual traffic, that's that's not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. In fact, there's a, a legal distance that you're allowed to travel in that lane, and it's only 300 feet. And that is, really, that's just for you to uh, slow down. Right. So when you pull into that lane, you're, the maximum that you're allowed to travel in that lane is 300 feet, and, uh, and then you have to stop and make your turn or, or, you know, just turn in if you're only having to yield. But a lot of people will drive way farther than 300 feet, or they'll get into the lane, you know, far. Let's say you're going to make a, a left turn at the light ahead. You're going to you – know, a lot of people get to that lane that seems like a quarter mile back oh, down yeah. the road oh, yeah. and drive down that. That's super dangerous for a lot of reasons because people are, one, using that lane to get in and out of uh, uh, shopping malls or whatever. And the other one is that people that are close to the light then aren't thinking to look in the rearview mirror before they get into that turn lane. They should, but they're not. And a lot of times that leads to, you know, them cutting into the lane and, and you know, a collision of some kind. Right. It Absolutely. It happens. 
it happens more than you would think for sure. Oh yeah, and there's one more little little tidbit here that I picked up along the way too. As I read that uh, it is not contrary to popular belief, it is not the place where you can pull out and then kind of wait for traffic to clear and then and then continue on you know like merge into traffic again. It's not the lane for that. They say you're supposed to drive just straight through that. You're not supposed to yeah. kind of hang out in that lane at all. It's only for turning. That's it. It's it's so strange though that people get used to using the vehicle or the using the lane well, see, in this just, manner. It, it's one of those kind of, again, it's a common misconception. It's a lot of people think that that's totally fine to do that. They think that it's it's okay to use that as kind of like a, a like a stepping stone to get out into traffic and it's not that way. It's it's not intended for that purpose, but most people don't know that. And here's another fun one. It's a strange one. A lot of people think it's illegal to drive barefoot, Scott. <laughs> You know, I've always heard that, too. Like, uh, you know, if you're going to the beach or coming from, you know, like a day out on the boat or something, uh, it's kind of a bummer. you gotta put your got to put your shoes back on and, and get in the car. I mean, if you don't have sandals or something, it's a bigger deal than what it sounds like, I know. But um, Or maybe, no, I have that backwards. It's it's not as big a deal as uh, oh. making it out to sound. Well, it's interesting because this also seems to perplex uh, law enforcement officials. There's a great, great quote from a guy named Mike Chirk, uh, who is a state police sergeant in Michigan. And he, I'll just read the quote. Someone asked him about it. And he said, that's the textbook traffic myth that's out there. I guess, to be honest, I don't know what the safety concern would be. I don't know why there'd be a law against it. Huh. A lot of law enforcement officers are stumped about how this one came about. So that's right from a copy saying... I don't find any kind of problem with that if someone's driving with no shoes on. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. I don't understand. It. You know, I think on a long drive, a lot of people will slip a shoe off. You know, and, and just for like for the comfort yeah. level of that, you know, it feels you good to take sweaty your shoes feet off or something. Yeah, yeah, but I also uh, there is a law against riding a motorcycle barefoot in Alabama. Hmm. So that, that's just good sense. I mean, yeah. doesn't it really? Uh, it's the only state, I believe, that expressly bans some kind of vehicle operation barefoot. Uh, but most states here's here's the sticky part. Most states have you know some kind of catch-all reckless driving or uh, driving to endanger statute. And so, if the officer thought barefoot driving somehow violated the law, they could probably cite. Under that, so if he's being kind of like a real stickler about everything, you know, letter of the law type thing, he could he could cite you for something, right? And here's okay for the most part, they're not going to have a problem with it, though. right? Okay, here's another thing this that this brings to mind when we're talking about discretion of a law uh, enforcement officer. People have this idea that if they just have a good enough story, it'll make up for them speeding, but notice. For people who've ever seen traffic court, the judge only asks whether you were speeding, not why. It is up to the officer's discretion in many cases to ju- to make a judgment call about like why you're speeding. So if you – to Scott's earlier example, uh, let's say we're hanging out in the studio and then uh, super producer Noel Brown all of a sudden gets, I don't know, in a knife fight. Or ha- has somehow received a horrendous injury. A oh, knife fight. That sounds possible. And that's classic, Noel. Yeah. And, and we're and we're barreling down the interstate to get him to a hospital, to get him to a trauma center or something. If a cop pulls us over and sees that someone's bleeding out, uh, it's they they will probably just contact um, ambulances, EMTs, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Sure. 
But if our emergency is that one of us drank one a, a big gulp or some other you know ungodly amount of soda and really had to use the restroom, they would probably say you have a different definition of emergency. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's not that's not what we consider a, a an emergency that you should endanger other people. On it's the not road like for. life or limb. No, no, exactly not. So um, yeah, you're right. It, it, a lot of the so much of this comes back to the police officer discretion, right? I mean, it, sure. it's it's if they feel like. It's something that they can allow to pass this time with a warning. They will do that. But um, a lot of times, yeah, they, they, they just have to give you a citation because otherwise, I mean, to be honest, Ben, a lot of people don't learn until they get that slap on the wrist, you know, until it happens. Right. And, and okay, here's another quick one. Um, yeah. Maybe my, maybe my last one really okay. for the day. All right. So how many times, Ben, have you encountered in this uh, in this crowded city uh, where, let's say, the, the power goes out and – an intersection is affected by this, and the light, the traffic lights go out. They go to kind of a default setting where the main route of travel, you know, the main road, uh, blinks yellow, and then the side roads blink red because you know you want to stop and, and you know allow that main traffic to go through. But the people on the main road with the yellow blinking lights, they stop at that light, so then, it becomes a four-way yeah. stop, and that does okay. It confuses everybody because. The people that are going to do the right thing and go through then have to be cautious because the people that are entering traffic from the sides, you know, where it's blinking red. All of a sudden, get so entitled. Yeah, they feel like, well, it's my turn. And so, you know, if you're the one to to just buzz through there the first time, people are shocked by that. But that's the right thing to do. Just no one ahead of you has done that and no one behind you is going to do that. And And you look like the jerk. And it it only seems to happen, at least in this city, it only seems to happen in crowded situations. Now, I will say... This makes me such a horrible person. Scott, ladies and gentlemen of Car Stuff, I confess, in this situation, I am a jerk. And you know why? Why? (laughs) Glad you asked. I'm somewhat glad you asked. Why are you a jerk, then? Because if I'm in that situation and I've got the yellow light, then, you know, it's Katie bar the door. I'm, I'm gunning through it. Yeah, I'm going cautiously through it because it is right of way and I rationalize it so much dude and I'm saying like well I'm doing the right thing maybe these other people will catch on well that's that's the way I feel about the whole but, thing but but when I'm in a red light and someone's stopping at the yellow light I'm not going to motion them through I just take the I just go <laughs> you, you 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 capitalize on their mistake right? I absolutely so, do it's such well, a bad thing you know, the, it's not the good last, for traffic the, the last time that this happened to me was uh, was the situation was the guy in the you know two lanes going one way and it's a yellow blinking light and the guy in the right lane had stopped and there was a car waiting you know at a red at a red blinking light on the right or left I don't remember which uh-huh um, but I was in the left lane, and I went right through it. I mean, I, I cautiously went through it, I should say, but I went right through it. I didn't stop. And I was hoping that people around me would see that that's the way it works. It's a blinking yellow. That's what ha- that's what you do. Yeah. Didn't work that way. The people behind me stopped <laughs> and allowed the other people to go through. So no lesson learned. I guess they didn't learn by observing what happened there, but they probably just thought I was a jackass, you know, that I was the one – I, I was just impatient or whatever. But like, look at this Yeah, guy. and, you know, see, that's the thing. With all this stuff that we've been talking about today, it's like you can lead by good example, but you can't really – until you can, like, explain to the person why 
why what you did was right or why that is the letter of the law right. or whatever. That's the, the right way to do it. Um, it doesn't really get through to that person because they're doing it the way they feel is right. So there's there's constantly going to be this friction on the road with everyone, almost every one of these situations we talked about outside of, you know, getting a ticket or whatever. Right. But, um, yeah, you know, like the merging and all that stuff. And, I, I will point out, though. Yeah. And not to interrupt, but we do need to make it absolutely clear for anybody who doesn't know, if you are at an intersection where all four lights are blinking red, that is to be treated as a four-way stop. Oh, yeah. I'm talking specifically about one that's red and yellow yeah. uh, for one way. And, you know, you, you understand yeah. what I mean. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really a frustrating thing um, that happens to everybody, I know. And, uh-huh. and everybody has their own thoughts about the way it should work. Like the, the, the zipper merge is maybe the best example because – there are definitely two ways to look at that thing, and and everybody that's doing it one way thinks the other people are jerks and the the opposite of the other side. So, um, it, it's just again without being able to talk to each other about this, like what we're doing right, right now, um, without getting that point across that you know there is a right way and a wrong way to do this, and most well, I guess fifty percent of the people do it wrong and fifty percent do it right. Do you remember those uh, those wheels, the LED display wheels? Yeah. I I wanted to get some of those so bad, but the main main problem would be I, I don't know if I would write helpful messages. You know <laughs> what I mean? Well, they're cost prohibitive too. They're very expensive. Yeah, they are. But uh, surprisingly but, expensive. But, well, what would you write then? Would it be Would it be Would you use logos or would it be like hand signals? Uh, I don't know. It depends on how much character space I have, because mm-hmm. I would probably get verbose, but. There, uh, you know, if I used to have really bad road rage, I, I would love to, you know, write down someone's license plate number, and uh, display it. <laughs> Man, vindictive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, when I say display, I don't mean like posting on social media or anything. I think that's a yeah. very dangerous thing to do. Oh yes, it is. But uh, not a good idea. Not a good idea. No. But you know, at the end of the day. You and everybody in a car around you, your fellow drivers, are all just trying to get from point A to point B with a minimum amount of hassle. And although it doesn't feel like it, every time you are on the road with any other vehicle, you are officially part of a team. And the point of your team's mission is to avoid people getting injured or killed. Can I tell you a little secret? What's that? And this will be the last thing I say today. I still have all the uh, the rally car decals on my car uh-huh. uh, because we're still working on some stuff here yeah, in the yeah. office. But um, I've lost all of my anonymity on the road. So I, I find myself, and I, I think it's funny. Oh, that's but, right. But I find myself being overly, um, uh, what do I want to say, like overly uh, courteous to people. Yeah. In that, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't ever want them to think anything bad about me. You I, represent our show. Well, that too. I mean, but but then even to, like, let's say tomorrow we're on the road and we happen to be by each other on the road again, like there could be some uh, instant karma there, instant, instant bad karma. Becomes yeah. Bad. Well, not instant, I guess, you know, day-long karma or whatever. Um, but I feel like I am being like overly courteous to other people on the road, maybe because of that. I don't know. It's it's weird how it's kind of affecting the way I, I drive a little bit. And mm-hmm. it's not that I'm, you know, mean to people in any other any other way, but um, I don't want to be the guy that's kind of like nudging them out of the lane or, you know, not letting them into traffic or whatever. I'm, I'm allowing people in. I'm, uh, maybe it's maybe it's a move for the better, you know. Like maybe it's uh, maybe it's helping things out. Maybe we should remove all anonymity on the road. <laughs> no, it's a terrible. That's just, so everybody gets a number on their car. 
And then you can just remember the big numbers that are on the car, right? Right. Well, or the license plate. maybe there's a chat function, <laughs> which would be the worst thing to happen to All traffic right. ever. All right. I just thought I'd mention this. That, you know, it's funny, but I, I feel like it is kind of in a way affecting the way that I'm driving. Just a little bit. Just for, a little. For the better? Yeah, I think for the better. Oh, definitely for the better. We kind of, wait, were you a monster on the road? No, before? that's that's my point. Is that it wasn't <laughs> that way before, but you know, it was a little. It was a little easier to get away with stuff like. Uh, and again, nothing you know illegal or anything like that. And, and really, I'm not. I can agree, bad driver or anything. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I, yeah, if somebody wants to merge in, like, I'll back off a little bit and let them come in. You know, before. It kind of depended on, on the day I was having, I guess. But now it's not just come on in. I just have these pictures of you pre-rally car decals uh, just taking jumps off overpasses into the wrong direction of traffic <laughs> on the interstate and oh, yeah. flipping people the bird as yeah. you yeah, I was just by. Well, I was just giving out these, uh, these, these common misconceptions because I just want everybody to start doing that so I can disobey all of them. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. That right. was my whole goal behind this whole thing. Well, let us give it a week to see if you accomplish it, my friend. Uh, and if you and I meet in traffic, let it be member, as members of the same team rather than opponents in a war, <laughs> which sometimes it feels like from about four to seven every yeah, day but here. It, but it shouldn't be that way. It, it should not. It, it, it absolutely shouldn't. shouldn't. Uh, everybody is probably a great person just trying to get to their house before the pizza gets cold. You know what I mean? I know. Uh, I so know. we are going to head out. Uh, we would like to hear some of your pet peeves and traffic misconceptions, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure we've missed a ton of them. Like people oh, that sure. they think they're doing the right thing, but they're not. So, right. so tell us what that is. Mm-hmm. And let us know what you think. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We are Car Stuff HSW. You can check out all of our other audio podcasts on our website, carstuffshow.com, where we also, I believe, have a road rage or pet peeves episode. Oh, I'm sure we do. Oh, yeah. boy. At some point. We I might have more than one. Yeah, maybe. Uh, or if you would like to write to us uh, with your story of misconceptions or a topic that you think we should cover for your fellow listeners in the future, you can write to us directly. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.